I'm going to slate this episode of um, The Happy Wanderer, Sopranos episode 206, with my All Them Witches album. Those of you who are just listening and not watching, you'll have to go buy the album so that you can see the art that I'm holding up because it's fantastic. Because Blackjack did the art behind the drummers, Robbie, his skull. I'm slating. Every formula Coming at you live from Venus. Uncle Dre and Auntie Chris bring you Gangster Goddess Broadcast. Blackjack is her son. He's like, what, nine? Yes, and his art is all over Aww. Nashville billboards on record store sides. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, and big billboards up in the sky. <laughs> Oh his, my God. his little art he's and he's so cute you know and he's starring in the video too that robbie and i directed robbie by the way guys is our um is our producer slash he, boyfriend he, yep he takes care of all the, the ggb business along with dave kushner chris's husband it's and, a family um, affair yes oh, oh and he did our theme song which we're going to release um in the next few weeks or so um for the ggb well everyone um, keeps on dming writing and emailing us at gangstergoddessbroadcast at gmail.com and asking about this theme song. Yes. Well, the theme so. song's out on Robbie's solo record called uh-huh. UV Ways, mm-hmm. but um, it's not the GGB intro. So yeah. there's, a, there's a separate version of it that will come out under our logo and our thing, and we'll just Great. put it out as a little single. But this is his mothership band called All Them Witches, and they're a pretty big band um, and they can't tour right now. So they're putting out their record in quarantine like a lot of artists these days. And I guess this is sort of our busted and readjusted in some ways because all these musicians right now are mm, busted I because know. they can't support their albums. They can't um, make music videos because they can't be together. They can't play music. I, I'm living with a drummer who has no one to play the drums for. I mean, even though he can play them for me, but it's still not the same as getting on stage and feeling all of that energy around you. So it's been a real bummer, but at least this album just came out September 4th and this will air later, but still, um, this is our awesome album art and it says Blackjack's little name in there. And uh, yes, so I'm giving this a shout out. So where is it? It's on iTunes, right? iTunes everywhere. I mean, you can order, you can order vinyl because a lot of people like to have vinyl these days. Thanks to Uprising Food for supporting Gangster Goddess. Uprising Food makes the best tasting paleo, low carb, grain free, dairy free, soy free, preservative free, high fiber, moderate protein and designed for gut health on the planet. They're offering our listeners free shipping when you go to uprisingfood.com and use code GANGSTER at checkout. And they're the best. There you go. Gangster. Gangster. Cute little boxes. All right, back to that. Oh, yeah. I'm eating, people. I'm eating. How are you today, Chris? There's a scorpion in your pool oh just God. now. Just People, now. Wait, just now. So wait, hold, that's our busted and readjusted. The kids were going wait, in the pool. So wait, we're about to record in this room, sitting on this couch for people who aren't watching on YouTube. And if you're not watching on YouTube, go to YouTube anyway and subscribe. But anyway, back to the podcast. We're sitting here about to record on the mics. And all of a sudden, my husband yells, there's a scorpion in the room. Oh, and they want Chris. <laughs> No yeah. one's, let, let me handle this. No, let Chris know there's a scorpion in the pool. Oh my God. So we all run out there. Robbie's like, I never saw a scorpion. You've never seen one? No. Not in a while. 
Oh my, in the wild. So we all run out. Plus my daughter would have tried to make friends with the scorpion. Yeah. And she's like, so her daughter and my daughter are trying, are going in the pool and there's a scorpion on like the second stair down and he looks alive. He's alive. He's got his tail curled up. He's got his claws out. What is with me? Like I was... We we have a lot of snakes and scorpions here. I don't get it because I'm way up higher in the mountains. People wonder why my dreams are all like snakes and scorpions. I know. I get a lot of DMs about your dreams. I know you say that. (laughs) And it's because I'm living in the mountains. But but how come there's nothing in my mountain? I don't know. But I, like I said, on the last podcast... I, or maybe two podcasts ago, I don't know, there was an eight foot snake and now there's a scorpion in my, in my pool. So that's crazy. This house is like nope. the wild. One time, I'm just going to keep going because I have to tell this story. One time, Frankie, my daughter was in preschool and I'm going out the door to bring her. She's tiny. And I open the front door and I walk out on the step and there's the cutest little mountain lion cub. Oh, and I was like, oh my God, it's so cute. My neighbor's walking by. She's walking her dog. She goes, get inside, go inside Ooh, now. The mama was close. She goes, if he's around, the mom's close. Get it. So I grab my daughter. Oh. She's tiny. And I scoop her up. I'm like, oh my God. There's yours a mountain lion now. You're the mommy mountain lion. Oh my God. It was crazy. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. So that's what, that's why I have these dreams. It's nothing deep. No, you have, you're a Pisces. You have deep, weird dreams. I mean, this guy with his dreams. Yeah, probably. My Pisces boyfriend. And then Bama. Sometimes I want to shut off my mind. Sometimes I'm just like enough with the dreams. And like, I think this episode relates to that. How? Well, if I mean, if we jump really far ahead into yeah. the episode, which mm-hmm. I don't even know why I'm doing that because we haven't even gotten through the intro. But who cares? Yet. I just want to go. But um, because I think Tony Soprano, when he talks <laughs> about... Um, therapy and the happy, the, ha- the happy wanderer. These are people that can, that live, that walk through life without fully being awake. And yeah. when you have that awareness of your, just of your innermost consciousness or you know, whether it be through symbols and dreams or, or whatever, um, it, it, you can't quiet that and you have so much unrest. Oh, I, I know. You know. That's intro. <laughs> Welcome to Gangster Goddess Broadcast. Oh my God. With Uncle Dre and Auntie Chris. I had to think. It's so hot outside that I don't know who's who right now. It's brutally hot. We are in the The mountains. The scorpion went in the pool to get cool. Okay. So it's it's 109, I think, today in the mountains in LA. And that's where we're located. And so now I'm like, everyone, make sure if you go outside in the backyard, close the doors. There's snakes and scorpions. I have put the fear of God or hell and whatever into my kids with the snakes and scorpions. We have an ant infestation right now. I'd rather. uh, Are you kidding me? No, 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 but they're crawling all over me when I'm on the couch (laughs) in the bathroom when I was peeing and I was half asleep and my eyes were groggy and I'm sitting there on the toilet bowl. (laughs) I'm staring at the ground. I'm like, am I seeing correctly? There is ants crawling up my leg, ants on the floor. They came out of nowhere. Trey, I would take an ant over a scorpion or But these are thousands. I don't mind. I don't mind. I went on, uh, I went and ordered all those terror traps. I can't deal. Well, you have to do something. You know, I get it. And then you can't leave any food out because they'll not get the food. Ugh. That's like a Florida thing or in Jersey, Florida. The, The heat though right now is highly unusual. I pretty much was positive that by 4.30 in the morning, we were going to have an earthquake. I know. The kids were ready. You said that the other day um, and now you've 
put the fear? Well, because when the temperature spikes or drops 10 degrees like that, it was so unusual. I know. Um, so the earth needs to like, you know, just kind of take a breather. Global warming. Speaking of the show, mm, shall well, we dive? I need my glasses. Okay. Um, for our deep dive. <laughs> um, by the way, mm. that review you sent me last night. Oh. That was really something else. Can I read it? I was going to ask you if I could read it. Okay, go ahead. No, no, no. Now I know we're reading it. Let's read it. I just wanted to make sure someone read it because I feel like that really, um, it gives me, you know, there are some days where we're like, should we really be doing this? You know, a lot of this started with being in quarantine and knowing that we really couldn't work and do anything else. And we already had another deal with a company where we were doing a Soprano podcast before. Made Women. And then when that was, yeah, Made Women, which you could watch season one if you ever want to, but, um, or listen to it. But we weren't sure if we wanted to keep going once our contract ran out. We were like, do we still want to do this? And then we ended up leaving and doing it by ourselves. We were I like, know. so that's crazy. So yeah, our reviews are really, um, I know we're slow and, you know, growing because we're small and it's brand new. Um, but we're really, I mean, floored by our reviews. It makes, I have to say, I'll speak for myself, but I know for you too, because when I send them to you, it really makes my day to see a good review. Yeah, I don't read them, so I don't know. But when you send them to me, I'm always yeah. like, wow. I'm, and so I think that we're just going to keep reading the special ones. They're all special, but the ones that really stand out, I think we're going to do this. And just in case you guys didn't know, we're pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, read it, read it, read it. You want me to read it or you read it? Here, you read it. It's yeah. a long one, so I'm going to read it really fast. Okay, go. There and then swipe right. I'm going to go really fast. I just had to. You guys seriously give me chills with the analysis you provide for each individual scene in each episode. I love how you take time to relate to most significant moments of the show to your own personal journeys, because as Dre is always saying, it's the everyday <gasps> regularness of life that the show is really about. And I appreciate that with a piece of art as important and transcendent as Sopranos. You take the time to really verbalize how life imitates art and vice versa. Aww. And when I... Hear you two reading into the genius of the show and extracting the same universal truths from the same scenes as when I watch it. It really is amazing to feel that unity with other people and the human experience just by appreciating a piece of art. Your chemistry drew me in, but your insight into the oneness of art, life and spirituality is the kind of content I think people really want to hear today. Mm. You got another avid listener out of me. Who are you? Can you please identify yourself? What does it say on and top? And can we bring you on the podcast I for like a this. twenty minute spot? Gabrielle. Oh, it's Gabrielle. Hi, Gabby. Thank, thank you, Gabrielle. <laughs> Hi, Gabby. Keep can I just watching. Gabby? Gabrielle. Thanks for tuning in. I mean, these these review, reviews like this make my day. Anyway, Gabrielle, thank you so much. Keep 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 listening. Yeah, that really keep writing um, us. We'll read all your. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll only read yours, Gabrielle. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Write. A lot of them have been really amazing, but this one was really in depth. Yeah, um, I guess because we go so in depth. But now there's a lot of pressure on us to perform for this particular episode. And I don't really know if we can if we can um, hold it all up. That's OK. She Let's likes to relate to. We'll, re we'll relate. We'll go in depth. Let's do it. OK. Anyway, guys. Um, yes. Soprano season two, episode six, The Happy Wanderer. Originally aired February 20th, 2000, written by Frank Renzulli and directed by John Patterson, who I loved with all my heart. And mm. he passed away. Um, he was my favorite director. Um, he was like my dad. Anyways, uh, episode six recap. On today's episode of The Sopranos, The Happy Wanderer, it seems like no one in the soprano world is happy. 
Tony's old school friend, Davey, gets himself into a heap of gambling trouble. Tony's problems at home continue to worsen as him and Meadow butt heads and tensions between Tony and Richie continue to escalate as Richie repeatedly questions Tony's authority. Happy Wanderer. Yes, the title. Yep. What does that refer to, Chris? It's a person who walks around clueless. Whistling Dixie? <laughs> clueless. <laughs> I f- yeah, whistling Dixie. Yeah. Yep. Flipping it's a coin, flipping walking down the street. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Doing a little skip. Okay. Happy Wanderer. Yeah. Well, the title, I mean, it, well, it, it's also that, um, is it? Oh, God. What's his name? Yankovic. Fra- Frank. No relation to Al, Weird Al Yankovic. I had Bama do the research for me today while I was blow drying my hair because I couldn't hold two things at once. So she was looking it up and she goes, and she knew everything about him already. I was like, how do you know who Frank Yankovic is? Because she's a huge Weird Al Yankovic fan. So she just studies everybody with that last name. Yeah, I said, I think, because we were listening to the song. She goes, I said, I think this is a kind of a country song. And she said, no, mama, this is, um, this is a polka. He's like a, like a polka like a hero. And she found a picture of him with an accordion and Weird Al also Ah. plays an accordion Mm. and a little bit of trivia. They actually did a duet together. Oh, oh, that's so good for her to see that too. She knew it. She knew she schooled me on Frank Yankovic today. And I was surprised that they used that version of the song on this show when this Italian artist, Louis Prima does it also who I love. I love Louis Prima. So I was surprised to see that it was, um, that that was their choice, but I guess they wanted that like real kind of folky, happy-go-lucky mm-hmm. sounding version of the song, even though the Louis Prima song is pretty, pretty um, upbeat too. Anyway, anyway. Um, back to the Happy Wanderer. It, it refers to um, Tony's big sort of dilemma in this episode. It's not even just in this episode. I think it's Tony's dilemma from the the birth of the show where he's always talking about Gary Cooper. Uh-huh. The strong silent type. Yep. Um well he mentions Gary Cooper again in here. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll reveal itself more as the episode goes on. Um what are the undertones and the overarching themes though I wonder in Masculinity. this episode. It's rampant in this yes. episode. A lot of posturing. A lot is a lot of a lot of posturing. I think that it's interesting that okay, David Scatino. Mm-hmm. He works. He, he owns a sports store. Mm-hmm. They could have had Davey? him own anything. Davy Davy Scatino Scatino, played by Robert Patrick. Mm-hmm. It's the first time we're seeing him. Um, yeah, it could have been any kind of store. Of course, it's a sports store. Well, that's what I thought too. Yeah. And then when he says like, "Well, I'm jumping ahead again. I won't jump." I know ahead. what you were gonna say. The jock strap. You know how many jock straps I sold, sold this month? I mean, if they couldn't have picked like a tennis racket. Yeah. You know what I mean? They picked Anything jock? that holds the balls. Yeah, because it's masculinity. I'm going to have fun with this episode. I know Because you I are. can't curse, but I can talk about balls the whole episode. Of and it course. relates to the episode. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> Uncle Dre. That, by the way, people, that's why I nicknamed her Uncle Dre. And that, I gave yeah. you that nickname, I think, right? Like, I, don't know, I call my friend Chrissy Uncle Chrissy, too. Well, we um, were like hanging out and I'm like, you're dude. First, it was a dirty dentist. And then I'm like, no, you're like Uncle Dre. Like yeah, the dirty, dirty old man. The dirty uncle. I'm the dirty old man. And then 100%. somehow Auntie Chris came and then you were like, we should do Aunt, Uncle Dre and Auntie Chris. Yeah, because I it's our talk show. This is, is our this is our sofa. <laughs> Anybody want to come and join us? Come right here. We could do a busted and readjusted oh, segment. We'll just like poke at you all day. Um, 
I will grope at you. You'll call human resources <laughs> from the other room. Human resources would be her husband. <laughs> I'll be like, let me see your teeth and your ass. Oh my God, with my <laughs> lipstick teeth. Anyway, luck. They say that, you know, it's a, there's a lot of luck, but I feel like, I don't know if I agree with that. In this, I mean, yes, it's card games and what cards you're dealt, right? But I feel like- I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. What cards you're dealt? You like that? I did. Yeah, wasn't, you know something you I know what? I didn't go that deep with this episode. I didn't do that before that just came on this couch. Your oh, therapy couch. I like couch. that. What cards you're dealt in life? Oh, yeah, I wasn't really thinking about God, that. That's kind of genius. I didn't. I thought about the cards a lot because of my grandfather. Why? So I was I was more on a personal note because my mother every script she's ever written mm-hmm. has very in depth scenes of card games and my grandfather freaking out over luck mm-hmm. and you know was he whole, a gambler? He was a degenerate gambler and my mother was really wealthy and it was all based on, well, he was the mafia. We still haven't really gotten into my grandfather yet on this podcast. We we will. But um, yeah, he died at the track at 50. Oh, you told me So he was a big, um, he was a big gambler. And so was my grandmother. They all, they, you know, they all liked, they all liked to dabble. Dabble. But But, um, yeah. I feel like regarding the luck, I, I just came up with the cards they were dealt in this seat right now. So we'll dive into that later. But I feel like um, the luck thing, I feel like the mob, it's more manipulation with them. Right? Don't you feel like the mob manipulates yeah, but Italians people? have such a, they have that like, the, you know, there are suspicions and... Okay. This is what I'm going to say about the luck thing. Wait, were you going? Did I just cut you no. off? Go. No. I'm saying that the Davy thing, you know how like when he goes into, it might be the next scene, I'm not sure, when they're at the, um, is it the next scene? When they're at the co- the school? Yeah. Well, teach. what is the teacher, the, he, the first line of the show is, has to do with luck or chance. Chance, the ducks. It says, get all your academic ducks in a row, leaving nothing to chance. There are the ducks. But it's like Tony, I feel like in this episode, leaves, he's manipulating Davy. You, this game isn't for you. If someone said that to you, Dre, or me, maybe not you, I'd fall for it. This game isn't for you. It's out of your league. It's out of your league. No, no, no. I'm Emasculating so- him. Yes. But, or is it- You don't think he was trying to protect him? Or it, I, at first, I watched this episode like three times. At first, I was like, he's protecting him. That's a good friend. It's his high school buddy. This guy used to be the big jock at the high school. And now he's, you know, Alan Alda and- I'm- Phil Donahue. I love that. And and Artie was so embarrassed. I'm going to sit back and relax for this one and let you teach me about this episode because you watched it three times. I just was into it. Relax. What? No, I'm just going. Oh my God. I like it. I'm just saying, I felt that it was, is it luck or is it you you think you manipulated on the week? You manipulate, you create your own luck. Why would he want that headache? I think in later episodes, it might even come out. I'm just saying, I feel it's I not don't a remember. It's did not you a, watch ahead? I did. Oh, I did. I never do normally. Oh, I'm you like how I'm on the show, guys, and I haven't watched ahead, and I have no idea what's happening any farther than here. This is how I do keep myself from making certain spoilers, except for the big one. I watched, but I wasn't watching like I was doing research, so I could be wrong. But I wow, did. So you think that he was manipulating him all along? A little bit, yeah. Like tempting him to definitely join. Mm-hmm. But the guy wanted to join the he game. He could have just let him join. Didn't fight hard when he showed up at the hotel. Oh, well, he's like, 
you know, he's like, well, it's $5,000 just to sit in. Remember he quoted him that? So yeah, luck versus, well, that, I mean, get all your ducks in row in a row and don't leave things to chance. Uh, I like the duck reference early on. Here we go. Mm-hmm. I think that it, I wonder if, I, I don't know, but I wonder if it was intentional and it wasn't just an expression used to get a line out. Um, because oh no, well, the reason why I say possible, possibly that it's intentional, is because this episode deals so heavily with masculinity. Yeah, um, and everybody sort of one-upping themselves and, and and whatnot. The ducks in his dream flew away with his. I can't curse with his um, freaking with his wiener. Oh yeah, <laughs> can I say wiener? Yeah, penis. The, the duck. I don't. I, the word penis is i find it as as offensive uh, as the as the words that i'm not going to say okay <laughs> and my kids too they hate it so okay the ducks flew away with tony soprano's wiener that's even worse anyway yeah and that was um the breakdown of family in some ways that he would be emasculated if he lost one of his families mm-hmm. both of his families um and family, you know, you create a family with, if you're a man, your wiener, correct? So, um, you know, all of this whole family lives in no. his ball sack. Okay. So- I'm just going to sit back now. No, <laughs> I'm going to sit back. And, and okay. Can, let's just go a little tidbits. There's some really great tidbits for this, this episode before we get into the scene by scene, our GGB rehash. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a good one for you, Dre, right now. Tell me. In this episode, it runs 50 minutes. The word balls is used once every five minutes. No, no, no. Yes, it says like it. The, the reference of someone's balls between their legs. That's part of the research. It wait could a be second. Wrong. It's, no, not, it's not Did a reference. Wait, when you watched it three times, were you watching it just no, to see about the about I didn't. the You counted how many times they no, said balls? I, this is research. That's why that you watched sent. it three times. Yeah. Because you wanted to see how many times they said balls. Here we go. No. So anyway, it might not be balls in the legs, but they said that it was said like once every five minutes. That's not for me. That's something I read. I don't know if that's true, but it sounds great. Um, James Gandolfini won his first Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series for this episode. For this episode? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Tony Sirico, Pauly's real-life older brother, Carmine Sirico, also appears as the nameless dealer in the first poker game scene. I like learning these things while I'm on Gangster Goddess broadcast. It's nice. Love it. Yeah. Keep going, Chris. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. Let's get into the rehash. I want to get in. Let's get in. There's got to be more. No, that's it. More tidbits. That's it. That's all we got. That's the only good ones I liked. Oh, okay. I want to see the ones you didn't like. No, it's the, it's the happy, happy Wanderer is also the name of the album by Johnny Lang it's at, uh, that Meadow has a poster of on her wall in her oh, bedroom. That's interesting. Yeah. Not as interesting as the balls every five minutes. You're right. Okay. Nothing's as interesting as balls every five minutes. <laughs> okay. So we're parents night at Meadows school. I want to say something about the um, undertone of the show right now. Go ahead. As we embark into each of these scenes. My theme for this episode in each scene, I think we should ask, we should ask each other. Who's the boss? This is what this whole episode is to me. Who's the boss? Who's Every the boss? scene 
is somebody flexing it's, their muscles. It's Tony Danza. It's going to be Tony Danza in every scene. <laughs> That's what I'm going to answer. Tony um, Danza. It's Tony Danza. So yeah, every <clears throat> single scene, somebody's trying to flex or strong arm Posture. or get their way or to, you know, to create an appearance or whatever it is. Yeah. So there is a theme in this episode of who's the boss, in I, my opinion. I agree. Um, and belittling completely. Um, but even in small ways, like even when... Um, David, he uh, says to Eric, his son, Scatino, when Tony Soprano says, where are you going to go to college or whatever? David says he'll go wherever his mother says. And then Artie goes, you too? Did you catch that? No. Oh, yeah. And he was it was like he finally had like a a a, a kinship for someone going through the same for another ball ball breaking. Yeah, another wife with a broomstick. Yes, totally. Because Car- Charmaine, Carmaine. <laughs> I would love it if you had called her Carmaine. No, I'm always going to catch myself now, <laughs> by the way. I might mess up instead of saying F up. Why, why is this? I might, I might mess up. I'm going to catch it because I've learned my Car- lesson, girl. Carmaine. I learned my lesson, Carmaine. Okay. Carmaine, that's like some Southern sound thing. I like Carmaine. it. Come on. Now. Okay. So Davey <laughs> heard through the grapevine that Tony is taking over Junior's game. Oh, well, you're, you're jumping ahead. But, oh, I'm well, in we're, here. No, that's all right. Fine. I'm in it. I'm in it. Go. Yeah. And so Davey. He wants in. He wants in. Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Who's the boss there? Um, I feel like Davey thinks that Tony and his family are the happy wanderers. You think that Davey thinks that Tony is, oh, because he's got it all made and he's got money. He's the, he's a, he's the boss. Who's the boss? Tony Soprano. And no one would ever know and based guess on who, appearances. And guess who's the degenerate gambler? Guess who's the guy that's always down on his luck? It's Davey. So for Davey to look at Tony and Meadow and she's going to this college, they have all these cars, everything else. Maybe in his eyes. Yeah, but when I was even surprised when we got to Scatino's house, how affluent his home was. I mean, it was like he has the exact same house next mm-hmm. door to Tony Soprano, well, basically. He owns a sporting goods shop, so. But he's also someone who has no self-control. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tony does. And, and, and an intense amount of self-control. Well, I'm not going to jump ahead, but I have something to say about that for sure. Oh, boy. I'm glad that I can sit back and relax. Where anyway, back to the school. Well, I guess we're, we can probably just... I mean, yeah, he says the Alan Alda thing and the Phil Donahue thing. I love it. Is... Phil Donahue and Alan Alda. And they used to be like Joe Namath and Will something, I guess some other sports guy. Well, I think they were like big wigs back in the day. And now they're, now they're, well, that's why. That's why he thinks Tony's a happy wanderer. Tony seems to be in control, even though he's not, of his own house. And these two men are beaten down by their women. I'll bet. Yeah. And, um... He also comments later on when he goes to the shop to collect his money. You think I'm the, you know, the kid that you used to pick on on the bus or make fun of on the bus. I know. But then again, who would have made fun of Johnny Soprano's son on the bus? Well, I think, yeah. And he makes a reference to like, do you want me to show your prom picture? (laughs) Oh, he does? Yeah. Davey says, would you want me to show him your prom picture? And back in blah, blah. Where was this? It was right outside the executive game. Before they're going and he's like, I got a prom pictures. I, I believe someone can write in if I, I mess that up, but I believe that's where it was. Ah. Yes. All oh, right. Well, then now we're in Melfi's office. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we're seeing Lorraine after she's all battered and bruised. And then the choice to have him say something that's not even 
you know, I want to smash your face into a wall. He says, I want to turn your, what does he say? I want to smash your face and turn your face into hamburger. What does he say? It was, to me, it was off-putting. It was like so, I don't know. It, it, def, it definitely made me pause. Like what, what's going on for him to lash out at her? walking in like that well it's not it's not about her it's not about her she knows that he directed it you know it just like to put her name first of all she's been afraid of him on so many occasions she's let him come back under the conditions that he's not going to threaten her anymore he's testing her again though he's a hundred percent testing her um in this scene and then she tests him in the next Melfi scene. Yeah. Which is pretty, like, I, the we'll, choices, like, we'll I get question there. them. Okay. All right. We'll get there. We'll get there. So he says he's angry, right? That in this thing. So yeah. She's like, what are you saying? Why, why do you, you know, would that make you feel better? He says he's angry. Um, and then this is where he talks about the happy wanderer. He says, um, Tony, uh, he talks about people making him feel like a loser. The guy's walking down the street with a clear head, the happy wanderer. It pisses him off. And how he would like to rip their throats out. I think everything, and this is one point I wanted to make upon watching this, every, everything for Tony is black and white. And it's just the same as like us looking at, I mean, we've talked about this before, but people with social media and the grass is always greener. Those people have the life. You know, they must be happy. One person wrote in to us and it happened to be one of um, a friend that I haven't spoken to for a long time in high school. His name's Kyle. Hi, Kyle. But um, hi, Kyle. Kyle. (laughs) But he said he's like he watched our um, I think it was a drunk episode. And then we were I was talking about my family and he's like, wow, I had no idea that you're you were going through all that. He's like, I thought you had the perfect life in in high school. I went to high school with Kyle. Appearances. And he's like, I thought you had the perfect life. He's like, he said that he was jock, you know, really good at football and everything. And he said that he was going through his own stuff. And he's like, you're everything looked like perfect. And to hear that and you guys opening up about everything. He said, everything's a mess. Everything's a mess. Just like the, just like our GGB song. (laughs) Everything is I just mouthed the F word, guys, yes. for those of you who can't see. I like that you did that. But anyway, <laughs> behind closed doors, no one has. No, no one knows. No one knows. And no Tony, knows. why does it, he, you know, he's. No one knows that you were sitting on the toilet this morning taking a morning dump. Okay. We're cutting that because that's just like so left field. Come Robbie, on, I mean, no, time coded. My, no, no, no. It's my so point, stupid. You're so stupid. My point I'm cutting is, that out. No, you're not going to watch not. it. I am. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yes. Please. It's. I'm talking about the fact Thanks, that Robbie. it's real. Like we're just. It's real. Like there's no. People are human beings. There's no. Everyone's veneer. Got, all these beautiful girls you see on Instagram, whatever. All your mafia shit. bosses that are tough holding a gun to someone's head. First of all, they were all little kids once and they all take one to two craps a day. Oh, come on. And there is a vulnerability to that. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Moving on. Yeah, so the I jerk offs and douchebags leaving this office. Crap. It's not that it's not deep. What I'm saying is, and I think you and I, you know, go ahead. You can go and slash everything you want out of an episode that I might say. But the bottom line is, it's this is the real. Yeah. You know, there's no. Well, I feel like you know, everybody's just sitting here, ever, ta- you know, talking about the Sopranos. Like, 
thinking, you know, people think that I'm loaded. People think I'm really rich. People yeah. think that I have the perfect life. Am I blessed? A hundred percent. Do I have the perfect life? No. Am I trying to strive to be better all the time? Both of us, you having had an illness at some point, yes. you know, all of this stuff and always having to keep up, keep up, keep your, your just trying to stay alive. Well, I feel like in this society and I'm just as guilty as the next is everyone compares their insides to people's outsides. Yes. And that's can. what the precisely point. what I was saying, Chris. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I will leave this in there so everyone can know how crazy <laughs> just she came is. full circle. I just I was I like to just say. that was magic. Oh Jesus. <laughs> God help me. Oh my God. Yes. And she's, she's talking about taking crap. I just saying like, we all miss do that. our old sponsor, I'll, Tushy. I know. <laughs> me too. I will look on Instagram and I'll be like, oh, I'm having a bad day, but this person's so happy. That person's probably pissed off, just got into a fight with everybody. And you know, who knows? Anyway, insides to outsides, don't do it. Yeah. Let's move on. It's true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in this scene with Melfi and Tony and uh, <laughs> and sorry. he's talking about the happy wanderer and wanting to rip his throat out. And she and he calls the people that are in there looking for help. These people that are the real that are not trying to pretend <clears throat> that they are Gary Cooper, the strong silent yeah. type, or that they are the happy wanderer whistling disc Dixie going down the street. He instead he calls them. And like, what am I like one of the jerk offs and douchebags leaving this office? So he relates anybody who has a weakness, including himself, which is why he says he's yes. mad at her <laughs> for making him feel like a victim. victim. But she didn't bring him into that office. He brought himself into that office um, to deal with his and he's always looking for a way out. I know you say Tony sees things as black and white and he does to a degree. But I think the part that actually keeps him there is the part of him that sees in full technicolor and he doesn't even really know it himself. Do you know what I mean? Like he does see in black and white. His appearances would say that. But then again, some ways not even the way he deals with Meadow, like early on in season one, how he was more open minded than a regular mafioso dad would be. Um, so but this this episode is a lot of black and white. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, which is where heavy masculinity plays a part where women are always looking at the bigger picture and men are concerned with appearances. Um, and what? he's definitely concerned with appearances and he says it. I think it's not just men and women. At the executive game. Dre, Dre. What? Come on, dude. We got to get back to the episode. You're it's taking way too long. I'm what sorry. You, you know what I'm doing. Hyper people that cannot see, she's stuffing her face full. That's right. Up, I'm eating up, our delicious sponsor's bread. Uprising mm. Foods bread. It's amazing. Oh my God. This is how you do it, by the way. This is how it's done. I'm showing it to you guys, but those of you listening don't know that I have the most crazy mixture here with this thick, fluffy, dense, yet chewy. Um, grain-free bread. First of all, grain-free bread is usually a brick. This is not That's a brick. This is the most delicious bread ever. And here's the situation with bread. I can't live without it. Oh, hello. I got the box. Oh, you got the, oh, you have the box. I they the deliver box. those to you right to your door 
four or six boxes. You put the ones you're not using in the freezer, and then you take you put the one that you are going to use in the fridge. See, I'm using it. And here's the thing about um, grain-free and preservative-free breads. They suck. They usually suck. And um, you want to usually mask them with whatever food you're going to dress it up with. The thing about uprising food bread is I like to eat it solo. I like eating it just the way it is with my olive oil. Mm. Did you toast it a little bit? It looks like you toasted it a little bit. Did you? No. I, I, well, it was in the fridge, so I heated it up a tiny bit, but it's cold now. This bread doesn't like need anything. That's the thing. You don't need to dress this bread up. I mean, I like, mine, I like mine toasted with a little bit of butter. I know. They're offering our listeners free shipping when you go to uprisingfood.com and use code GANGSTER at checkout. I'm sending it to everyone I know. It's delicious. It, it really, really is. is. And it's great that you can just pop it in the freezer and take it out and just heat it up and eat it. Yeah. Doesn't go bad. It really is the only snack I eat when we're doing our show. <laughs> Cheers. Salute. We're back in the episode. Our camera shut Salute. off. So Chris got us drinks. Mm. And now we're going to get hammered for the rest of this episode. Watch out. We had a snafu. E. Is that what it's called? Snafu? Listen, don't get cute with your language right now, okay? <laughs> anyway, so now Freaking snafu. it calls for alcohol. We thought we almost lost the entire episode. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? While the um, the guys are fixing it, I'm going to go make us a drink. Uh, so here we are. Oh, uh, hair on my Okay. Mouth. So we're at the card game. Listen, producer over there in the corner, don't get hammered and make sure that everything is still <laughs> running, right? He knows. Take off oh, your pants. You guys are cute. Here we go. She's... <laughs> objectifying him um masculinity oh right there ain't nobody more man than this man over there <laughs> i'm talking about you you are the first man i've ever met oh i will say it i, I will say it out loud you guys are cute like uh, a, you know like a well-rounded man i've been with many men that've had their masculinity but this guy he it, there's no um the insecurities aren't running rampant no i can see in it. his life I, so we're going to talk about Robbie like yeah. he's not in the room, yeah. but Hi, Robbie. he's when you read when you meet a real man. And I definitely know that because my husband, too, like when they're vulnerable and not scared to show all those sides, that's security. That's self-confidence. Yes. Big time. Mm -hmm. Big time. OK, so we're at the card game with the guys. We meet Vito. It's, it's kind of like a low. It feels a low level compared to the executive card game. I know. I'm, I'm always going to just mess with your mic, too. But, yeah. OK. I like that when you mess with the mic in my, in my mouth, Chris. Here we go. Um, but uh, yeah, this is, um, but we see Vito Spadafore there. Uh -huh. That's that's pretty new. We see Davy Scatino. He's borrowing money already Always. from Richie. Um, Degenerate gambler. So I think he's 7K down mm -hmm. already at this point. And, um, and then already... Ari, you know. Charmaine will have his balls on the menu if he doesn't get out of there. I, I mean, love but, balls on the menu. I mean, that's a thing that people <laughs> say too. Like my ball. Okay. How many, like Dave sometimes will be like with his friends, old school, like his ball and chain. They call him the ball and chain. Oh, or it's uh, funny. Chris will have my balls on a silver platter. Yes. That's like a good your expression. Balls. I'll right? have your balls. Oh, I thought that's something that you say. Because I would like that if you said that. You want my balls on a silver platter? Chris will have my balls on a silver platter if I don't do that's that That's totally podcast. something I would say. <laughs> 
<laughs> Chris Kushner will have my balls in silver. Yeah. Okay. Meadows, mm-hmm. cabaret practice. She's talking to the teacher. She's upset she didn't get the solo because she's trying to go to Wesleyan. Is that it? Wesley. Right? No, Wesleyan. Wesleyan. I don't know. Whatever. You um, know, I only went, I, I went to one college. I applied to one college and went to one college. Of course. And I was you very did. lucky. I went to one college too, but yeah, I applied, but I only to, applied many. to one. That's weird. You're weird, man. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I knew I wasn't leaving New York City. So that was that. Yeah. Um, in all of these scenes, though, by the way, um, there's that theme who's the boss? That theme just keeps, you know, coming up, even with the, at the card game with the guys. Clearly, Charmaine is the boss. Um, yeah. You know, and that there's like a, a comment about that. Um, Meadows Cabaret Practice, who's the boss? The teacher. Meadows not getting what she wants. She's used to getting what she wants, but well, she's not. She's I, I one thing about Meadow that I realized through watching this whole thing is she's definitely has a dual life. Like she's got the teenager part of her that's like the normal teen, bratty and you know, over dramatic and all those things. And then she's also has a mafia princess, which yeah. you can which you can relate to. I can relate to that somewhat. So can my mom. Yes. Um, so it, uh, this is my favorite. Tony and Junior at the doctor. Um, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. did you think that he was hanging at the beginning of, Hang- the, of that scene? Hanging what? The way it's shot. Because I, I guess they were trying to get the ankle shot, the, the, the ankle bracelet. Mm-hmm, yeah. So they start on his foot. I thought he, that whoever it was was hanging because, you know, I haven't seen the show in so long. I did not. I can't say I said I thought, that. Yeah, I thought okay. it was hanging. Um, you know what? One, one thing that definitely stood out to me here is uh, these two actors. I love them together. I feel like James Gandolfini, when he had a scene with Uncle June or what, you know, I feel like he was probably looking forward. He must have, Dominic. Dominic Chianese. Yes. He is so special. Everybody is on this, on this show, but he's just like the lines and the delivery. I'm like, God, James Gandolfini must have really looked forward to these scenes with him. Uh, you know what bums me out? We can ask everybody what it was like to work with Jim, mm-hmm. but we can't ask Jim what it was like to work with some of these guys. And I'm more <laughs> interested in, um, because I, I knew who, you know, I, I had my own experience with Jim and I, and I know, you know, I know who he is. I would love to hear his experience of having worked with those men. You well, know? you're friends with his wife yeah but she does I she wonder, she does she hear anything like I what he know. said I'm i don't just really so i don't really is it a weird conversation no maybe? no no no. we talk about them mm-hmm. you know but um no i mean we're so beyond that right now um God, i would like to hear weird. the dirt from her like he must have bitched about somebody <laughs> i want to hear it she was uh she was later on yeah i don't know i met her and that's the mother of his two kids no one kid marcy Mar- was is the mother of michael um and that was during the the height of the sopranos but deborah came came along later and i someone just sent me a picture of their anniversary i think it was yeah it was, I did. It was, it was you yeah she looked beautiful it was recent. Mm-hmm. It, no, but I mean, it was, they they were only married 12 years ago. Oh. Um, but they were together because I met her at a convention, like a, not a convention. We used to do these meet and greets where they would pay us a, a ridiculous amount of cash green. Um, where are those? To just, su- just shake hands for an hour with some um, high rollers in like Vegas <laughs> or something, huh. you know, and they would just give you like chips. They'd give you, uh, they'd pay you in chips. <laughs> 
I'll do that. You know, and that's where I met her. But then I really became close with her through Ginger. And then years, she was, she lives in my neighborhood and they were both living next to me and I didn't know it. Oh, she's so, so sweet. I never saw I only Jim. met her a couple of times, but through you. But her baby is close oh. to my babies and her baby is, she's a sassy, sassy little I thing. love it. She's mini Jim. Mini Jim. So this is where Junior says, Uncle Eckley. And then, oh. um, and um, not Jim, Tony says, Eckle? He's like, no, Eckley. Right? Okay, hold on. Can, um, can just keep talking about um, the scene? Just hold on. I have to, I have to show you something. What are you, where are you I going? I just have to show you something. I'll be right back. No, hold don't on. go anywhere. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. oh my right God. Right back. People can't even hear you. Oh, I'm going to keep talking. Okay. You know what? I am going to keep talking about the scene. I'm going to keep going. So then Tony says, who the F is uncle Eckle? And he says, your father and me had a brother and you didn't know. But thank you, Robbie. Robbie just said it. <laughs> Yes, her boyfriend, our producer, no, just sat I in in her place. Would like to Thanks, present Rob. the Eckley Award to Robbie Stabler. Uh, what guys. is that? You to have to all, talk are in you here. Spilling? I, yeah. I ruined all my notes with my drink. It's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. But wait, we I can't hear it. Dre, so you guys have to switch. I'm out. Switch it up. Switch it up. Yeah, Robbie, you like how I just booted you? Yep. Oh my God. I loved that you sat in. Thank you. You're so sweet that you got my back like that, by the way. And you just sat in. Thanks, Robbie. Let's have a drink. Can I? Yeah, cheers. We're just going to keep drinking. You know what? I hope Mm. people watch this or listen. Cheers. On a drinking night. Because you know what? We're just going to keep drinking. I'm just, I'm trying to turn Dre into a drinker. Let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I see that award? Hold on. I have to preface this first. So every year, <laughs> wait, stop. I love that you brought a prop to our prop. recording. I did and I forgot about it. So every year we would go to the Emmys. Um, we would go to, it was the Emmys, the Golden Globes, the, the, the Screen Actors Guild Awards. And it was like our time. We all stayed at the peninsula. HBO flew everyone out. Um, it was wild. Mm-hmm. It was always wild. Um, but every pre-Emmy party... Hold on, I can't breathe. She just ran. <laughs> From running into the other room in, in, um, during these times where we don't exercise anymore. <laughs> um, so we would have parties at Brad Gray's house. He would invite us all to his house. He had a beautiful estate back in those days. And in his backyard, he would set up an award ceremony. Well, it wasn't him. I think it was Terry Winter. I think it was the first year that this is the first year that Terry was, went, was with us. And, um, actually, I don't even know if Terry was with, have we, have we just talked about Terry being on the show yet? Not yet. I think that he was, I think he already started, but anyway, this award is from 2004. It's not from 2000. This show aired in 2000. Um, so three years later, whatever it is, they would set up an award ceremony at Brad Gray's house with a blooper reel. Now we know who uncle Eckley is, but he was slow. Yes. That he was as sharp as a cue ball. Mm-hmm. And so strong as a bull. Like, yeah, and handsome like George Raft. Yes. So they would set up an award ceremony at Brad Gray's house as a joke and as entertainment with a giant blooper reel, if I remember correctly, of all of us characters being like in our dimmest moments. 
Oh, that's awesome. And the so the Eccoli for I think the Eccoli for nails maybe went to me. So this is the Eccoli. So she's award. holding up because Dre only plays to camera, not to mic. <laughs> she's an actress. She's holding up a 2004 Eccoli Awards September. Let me see this. Yeah, they September 18th, 2004. I think that's Jim's birthday. And wait, it's funny because we said that balls are mentioned yeah. in this episode every five minutes. And there's a white ball. Oh, it's a cue ball. It's a cue ball. Oh, it's a cue ball. And they say that he was sharp as a cue ball. Oh, right? that's really funny. Echoing. This is so great. This is our mascot or and whatever. And for it the was, show, um, for the I found it recently in my house during a sort of a lull in my life. And I gathered all of the things that have just sort of collected dust and corners of the house and stuff. And I made a little shrine out of them because appearances are not always what you think. Um, Things we don't always have our lives together a hundred percent. No. Um, so I thought I need to shake my life up a little bit because I've become stagnant and things are not going the way they once had been going. So I took all these little trinkets from special moments in my life, even though it was an award for being dim-witted to a degree. <laughs> um, and I made a shrine out of them. So this has been next to my bed for the neck for the last year. I I didn't know where it was before. So, yeah, it's there along with um, Sons of Anarchy memorabilia and other little soprano trinkets. Well, that's not um, anywhere where I really can see it that much. I always hid the Emmy. You're so weird. The Emmy was always somewhat hidden, but not my Eccoli Award. Can you guys see this? You guys are weird. So now she's holding it up. Okay, I'm moving on because you know what? There are view, our listeners okay. too. I just. I know. For you, you listeners, know. I was just showing an award. That um, looks like it's a, cue a ball. fun little thing, a, f- a cue ball. Yes, about Uncle Eckley, who was Tony Soprano's uncle, Slow. who was given away because in those days, yeah, it was easier to, especially in the mafia world. Well, no one knew how to deal with it. We'll talk about that because no one knew how to deal with it back in the day, right? If you had a slow kid, it's just like you just find a home. It's not like you really. Like Uncle Junior says, you, he could have been trained. He could have got a job. He could have. You know what I thought was interesting in that scene? Mm, what? So Tony goes, she's saying he was retarded, right? Yeah. I like the way how he says retarded like that. And then Junior goes, uh, you, you cute fuck. Or he, he goes, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, excuse my um, F curses there. It's just it's in the scene. And um, he doesn't want those kind of words spoken about his brother. I don't know if, we, yeah, I don't know. Did I even say and those that? were common words back then? That's the way you would explain things so in weird. those days. Today we're very PC and today we don't use those words. And Melfi even says um, later on. She says the same thing. She, no, she says developmentally disabled. Um, but then she switches gears. She says. And she taunts him. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Um. But anyway, in this scene, he's thrown. Tony Soprano's totally thrown. Do you see the look on his face and the beats that he takes as an actor? Not an actor, but I noticed like before he left the room, that beat that he took before That's he we, delivered. We break our scripts his, into beat. We say beat. We actually write the word beat. You do? Yeah. When a beat changes. What if I become an actor? <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> no i'm joking <laughs> completely joking i just i'm i'm, I'm like now i'm like you no know, i i look at it with a different perspective because i'm like listening to he's just james gandolfini was the he's best fantastic so anyway so this is where junior um the, uh, he announces that like he's taking the game 
Yeah. That, um, Tony's like, I'm taking the game. the price. He's like 20%. He's like 15. But when he says 15%, Tony, his face is just, he's got this like. But Junior's face at the end with the shifty eyes. He's great. And the, and the, you know, because he doesn't have hair, you always see his glasses. They're not really behind his ears. They're kind of like riding up here. I feel like those um, two are, as far as acting goes, like I was, this one ugh. scene, neck and neck. Like I always thought James Gandolfini was so on point in every scene and he is, but, but so is um, Dominic. Yeah. Amazing. He, I like what he said to him um, when they were talking about my feeble, uh, their feeble minded brother. I always thought it was you. You? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's when he says. But it's true. He probably thought because they had two brothers, but no, it's really three. Yeah. And um, then to- oh, Tony goes. He goes, Chi-Chi beans. I was like, wait a minute. Someone didn't school him on how to say that. That's Chijita beans. Chijita? What's that? That's Chijita. They say Chijita. Lupini beans. You know those beans that you would uh, pop out of the, pl- like the, they're like a plastic shell and you pop the bean into your mouth? Uh-huh. That was, uh, yeah. yeah, that's our gangster gabagool. Gangster so we're getting some gangster gabagool yeah. stuck in between. I'm getting hungry. So then um, um, we're at the sports shop um, with Richie April. He's picking up payments. And he says that Davey is shy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's too shy. Not terrible. 2K shy. But again, in this scene, who is the boss? In the scene before, who's the boss? Richie's always the boss. Well, Richie's the boss in that scene. And then in the scene before, Tony's the boss, not not Uncle June. Another great actor. Like Richie April in this, um, I, I just can't. Like his charisma. He's fantastic. His eyes. Unbelievable. The way his delivery, his, the way he, the words, the way he pronounces the words. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. He was was texting me today. He said that he's been getting lots of feedback from random people about his episode, about how great it was on our show. People loved him. I mean, I I think because for me being that I'm the fan, right? I'm with the people and I'm looking on the outside in, but I get to sit here with you, which is amazing for me. But oh, thanks. You're 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 welcome. I was on another planet. I know you were. But anyway, <laughs> with Richie David Preval, you think that like, and I said this to my husband when I was watching it one of the times. I'm like, this guy on camera is so different than who oh, he is in well, real that character. And dude. so, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's so different than who he is in real life. And for him to be able, be able to play this scumbag, ruthless guy, and he's a sweetheart in real life. No. So I think that like people watching our show and that episode, the David Preval episode, were just as shocked as I was. Yeah. You know? And I think that's why, that's why we're getting so much feedback and maybe, and he's just awesome. And there's that. Yeah. Okay. Christopher messes with um, Sean and Matt at the butcher, messes Ugh. with the scale. I mean. Also, he says he's making fish pits ale. I didn't even uh, grab that. Gangster Gabagool. Hold on. Eh, gangster Gabagool um, highlight. Fish pits ale. Who the hell eats fish pits ale? That is disgusting. I don't even know what that okay, is. I'm going to tell you what a pits ale is because we make steak pits ale in my house mm-hmm. when, when I was a kid. And it is steak. Um, you put the meat in the oven covered in this insane tomato sauce. Um, it is one of the most delicious things ever. But chicken pizza, anything with a white meat with a pizza oil, not good. Just my opinion. Well, sometimes they do that in here and you, you've definitely A steak pizza oil, you got to try it. I'm going to make it okay. for you. I'm going to make it. You want nice steak of pizza oil. I don't really eat red meat, but I will Listen, that one time. you don't like chicken, but you'll eat the meat when it's around you. I've seen it. I'll eat the meat. 
I'll eat the meat tray. Yeah, you don't for like the you, bird. For you, I'll eat the meat. Mad okay, on. so he's on this, he's tipping the scale. I feel like he just, and I know that like, oh, is he cheap? No, he's not cheap. It's that hustler mentality. Sometimes I negotiate with people not because I care about the money. It's just about the game. It's just about to win. You do? That. Yes. I never do. Always. Robbie's I'm like, can laughing. I just pay top dollar? Robbie? Okay. So this one time. You can haggle. I wish my husband was in the room. One time this, this guy came to my house. We were putting, we just bought this house. We were putting in an alarm system. It just came to my mind right now. And I remember, and we, before you moved in and I was like, the guy's like, it's going to be whatever, $1,200 to put your alarm system in or something. And I'm like, nope. And he's like, what? And I was like, no, no. Somehow I finagled this deal and it was literally only about my husband's face who was standing there to show him because he was like his jaw was dropped and he and then when the alarm guy left Dave was high-fiving me he's like I can't believe that you got I got him down like literally to like 50 percent off and this is why you run the GGB <laughs> but to me because at first I'm like oh Christopher's so cheap he's just trying to save money I'm like no the hustle, just the hustle. This is Chris, what you This do. is Chris Kushner. This is Chris Kushner. It's about the process. It's about, it's about getting that high and like, I just got a deal, man. And like, check me out. Not it's me, fun. man. I'm like, just, just tell me where to sign. I know you do. That's why I'm here. Just tell me where that's, to sign. And that's why I'm here. You want my credit card. Here, keep it. No, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it, there's a, there's a game thing to it and it's fun. And it's like, he, but he's also Awful to the boys. Awful. Well, it's a masculinity thing. He's belittling them to show them who's boss, who's boss, Trey. He, who's the boss in this who's scene? Christopher, what does he say at the end? Uh, pay for the fish and, and, and put, put the fucking shit in the car. The shit say? in the car. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, because he doesn't want the car to smell like it. Yeah, I mean, but the smile, the, at first when I thought it, seeing... His smile on his face re- made me realize that this is all a game to him. Oh, yeah. Just trying to get. I and mean, then he calls the guy an F and hump. Yeah. I want to say the curse word. I love that you so said that. Bad. I've already cursed. I'm I love that drink. he was saying, don't engage Silvio in the conversation. He's warning them. Christopher's like, don't engage with him. That's the whole setup for the next scene. Is it the next scene or a couple no, scenes? No, next Whatever. scene um, is another, another who's the boss scene. But he's belittling them, these two guys. I feel like, you know, it makes himself feel better. It puts yourself, when you when people belittle other people, it feels like they like lift themselves up. Like, I'm not a part of you. I'm not down on your level. Also, though, him treating those kids like that, he's not, he's not a leader. You can tell he's not a leader. He's not teaching them how no. to ever be in that game. No. At all. I mean, he did in that one scene um, at the uh, Wabistics spot, but he's not, he's definitely not inspiring any kind of manhood in Mm -hmm. them. I mean, he's playing games at the, at the, at the fish store. No. With a scale. I mean, he's like nickel and diming this guy. He's so over the regular, regularness of life that whatever these little games are for him, that's all he has. He should have just said, I'm Tony Soprano's uh, nephew and, and just been a. And guess what? He probably would have got it for free and not had to put the matchbook underneath <laughs> the scale. So silly. So then Furio <laughs> visits that motel. That's the same motel. Um, yeah, it's the same one. The back in the day. Well, it is because From the guy's there. One. Right. And he says. I couldn't tell if it was the same guy or not. 
I think it was. It was the same guy? Yeah, because I, couldn't, Fur- I wasn't 100%. Furio is um, calling over the hooker and he asked if she ever sucked his penis. She says, I make penis. his beanie spin when I suck his thing. And then he says, he says, uh, no bitch to me. I love that. He's Furio. Great. Furio's he goes, great. He goes, so don't you, so you know, but bitch to me. Yeah. I love him. You know, bitch to me. Yeah. And then we get with Polly. He's get pulled over by the cops. I had to watch that like a couple of times to realize that that was just like, that was a payoff for that was a yeah, payoff. That was a, that was a, a full on play <laughs> on both of their masculinity. They were messing with each other back and forth the whole time. Yeah, I know. And it was all based on flexing. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I would shoot you in the brajol. Oh, gangster gabagool moment. Hold on. The brajol. Do you know what a brajol is, Chris? I do. You do? Have you ever made one? Nope. <gasps> brajol would taste yummy a la pizzaiole, actually. Oh. hmm I don't even I, know what that is. You just keep on speaking the about... A la pizzaiole. What's that? The, the pizzaiole is, is the is the sauce that you put on the steak. Oh, oh. We'll have to put that in our recipes. We haven't updated our website. Yes, we know. With our recipes. We because will. Because we're not technical people. But uh, <laughs> we will. But we're someone there. will. No, it's getting there. I'm on it. I'm yeah. on it, people. Somebody I am will. on it. And, um, um, and all of my grandma's um, recipes will be there. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. They're yummy. Yeah. I'm hungry right now. Um... Okay, so now we're at the executive. We're we're going right into the executive game, Dre. I don't care what you say. Get in there. I'm in it. Tony doesn't gamble. I have in big letters on my thing. I thought that was like, that's one thing about control for well, him. Yeah, I don't think... Um, the bosses don't. No, not in that. Not if you're running the game like but, that. I would assume that's not... I agree, but then... You, Silvio, I mean, everyone, his, his unders are, are definitely gambling, obviously. We got to talk about Silvio on the scene. Oh, I love him. Anyway, let me go. Frank Sinatra's at the game. Junior. Um, uh, Davey asked Tony. Davey goes and asks Tony if he can float him. Tony says he doesn't do business with outside friends. Once again, I feel like this is a setup um, and it's not a game for you. Yeah, set up. I, I mean, I, I, I hear you. Bit. I do hear you. I'm not 100%. Um, you have to have $5,000 just to sit in. That five was boxes a ziti. That was, <laughs> that was a pull. But you have to have five boxes just to sit in. Well, I got it. Can you, can, I didn't bring it. I didn't know it was in the game. Can I, can I sit in? You can, you can float me. Yeah. Snake. Robert Patrick, snake. snake. Okay. Silvio, freaking out. Oh my God. Can, can I it. just, can, can I just say? He's so good. Leave the fucking cheese there. I love cheese at my feet. I stick motherfucking provolone in my socks at night. So they smell like your sister's crotch in the morning. All right. So leave the fucking cheese, leave the fucking cock sucking cheese where it is. That's going to be all muted. <laughs> For Chris's mother. Um, so one thing I thought was there's funny. Lot, yeah, there's a lot going on here. One Go. thing. Is that Tony says to those guys, the young kids, Mike, Matt, whatever, Sean, he says, don't fill their glasses up unless they ask with alcohol. I would have thought it would have been the opposite. Fill their glasses up with alcohol any chance you can get. Yeah, but I mean, the, the only people that he really is going to be on the take from in that game is Dr. Freed, Sunshine, who I guess is the dealer there, but I guess he's still on the take. And... um. Who, and, and Sinatra, because the other two are his boys. Yeah. 
Um, I wonder if their money even matters. It must because Silvio, like you said, oh, it's out. serious business there. No, but if they lose, but they're not borrowing money from Tony. Yeah, they're just playing against each other. Yeah, nobody there is borrowing money except for Davy. Except for Davy. Um, I'm going to move on. Are so you? maybe you're right about that. Maybe you were right. Maybe that was the way to get the 45 G's. But it's not money that he has in his pocket. It's not like it's green. But I just want to say one thing before we move away from the scene. You won't know this. Um, interesting choice. And it's a tidbit. It's a, t it's a definite tiny piece of trivia. But Paul Mazursky plays Sunshine. Paul Mazursky is a, is a, no, a well-known, notorious film director. Mm -hmm. um, and he plays the dealer in the scene. And I even asked my buddy today, were David and he friends or was he a fan? I still don't know what the story was there. But just so you guys out there know, Paul Mazursky directed movies like Down and Out in Beverly Hills and um, uh, that old movie, Bill Carroll, Ted and Alice. He even had a, he, he'd been nominated for a bunch of Oscars. I think it was, um, was it Harry Tonto? Let me see. Was it, yeah, Harry and Tonto. But Art Carney starred in that movie, mm -hmm. um, Harry and Tonto. And he won the Oscar that year over Jack Nicholson from Chinatown, no. Pacino in The Godfather 2, and Albert Finney. And I can't remember what movie it was that year, but it was 1974. And that was a Mazursky film. And Mazursky was also one of the co-writers to This Is Just Can't Be Stuff that I dig. I Love You, Alice B. Toklas, which is based on the book about the, by Alice Toklas. And it was a, a movie with Peter Sellers. So, and I love that movie. Mm -hmm. And it's all about her recipe book of making pot brownies back in the 70s, back oh, in wow. the 60s or 70s. Uh -huh. So that was one of his first um, movies where he was writing. And I think he also has a tiny part in it. So these are little Paul Mazursky um, things. And I'm sure David Chase was also taken with him because of his body of work. And he plays Sunshine and he's the guy mm -hmm. dealing the cards in the episode. Mm -hmm. So that's just a little piece. Goodbye. It's a bit. Mm -hmm. So now we're going Meadow uh, is getting into Eric's car, which I will say this listening to down by Stone Temple Pilots. Did you pick that up? No. Down by Stone Temple Pilots. It was. And for everybody who doesn't know, my husband used to be in a band oh, with wow. Scott Weiland and he was one of our really good friends. So he was a, obviously Scott. Wyland, singer of Stone Temple Pilots. So when we heard that, I had to, because I had to rewind it. I rewind it like a couple of times. I'm like, Dave, is it that? And it was. Does this say, because we have a music, yeah. we have our music I mean, it's um, encyclopedia that. here. So that was Scott Wyland, Stone Temple Pilots, because that was the era, right? Back in that day. Oh, yeah. They were huge. Down. That song Down by Stone STP was huge. I loved that song. I didn't even pick that one up. Yep. And you know, I'm all over the music. Well, it you was got great. that. You would know that because you guys were buddies with him. Well, Dave was in a, my husband was in a band, Velvet Revolver, with him. And um, he was amazing. What a great front man. When Eric picks up Meadow, he's listening to Down by oh, Stone look, Temple and Pilots. And I put it in my notes besides that. Right this is there. my personal notes. <sighs> my personal other notes. Okay, so Meadow is pissed that um, a classmate got into Wesleyan. Um, and that's basically that whole scene. But basically, they introduce you to the car. The car that he yeah, loves. You know the car now. The car, which you get is the also car. um that's still up for grabs, that scene for me. Yeah, me too. How how that uh why he would do that. 
why Tony would do that. But let's 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 go back to the executive game. Yeah, because this is a, just another um, another episode of Who's the Boss. Mm-hmm. Let's revisit another episode of Who's the Boss on The Sopranos. I, I love that Tony took a nap and he was sleeping and then he wakes up. Like I just like yeah, and that's what coffee. happened. I mean, I just. This is the story of my life, by the way. I know. From when I was a kid, my mom has numerous scenes like this written into her, into her scripts of the men at these card games all night long and coming home and stinking of cigars and cigarettes and booze and sometimes women. Um, it was it was a thing. And then Davy took, uh, I guess, Christopher oh. told him that uh, while he was sleeping, he said he's OK to go to four boxes. Of Z- How many boxes is Edie? Four boxes. He was in 45K. Mm-hmm. 45K. Grabbed Forget another 10,000 while Tony was asleep. And he lied, Davey, because he's a degenerate gambler, and said it was okay. I don't care about the lying as much. What annoys me with Davey Scatino is, did I do something to insult you, Tony? Well, he's... He's, serious he's weak he's playing the victim and he's then he talks weird. about Bowden. your kid is going to Bowden. he does this in several scenes yeah he's like, our he's kids weak. come on tony mm. our kids go to school together that's he's manip he's try. he's even how do you even try it take accountability for yourself yeah 100 you know I mean? richie april shows up this richie's right <laughs> no richie is right i know a hundred percent i love that right i love that scene i love the scene when they walked out of the hotel and he's just like, send him out here so I can deal with him. And Tony's like, no. And then Richie walks away and he spits on the floor. Yeah. It's just like every little detail with David Preval is so good. Yeah, he's got to fill every corner. Every corner. I mean, yeah. nothing is left undone. And you know, that's that's him, the spit. I don't know if it... I mean, no, that was 100% him. Right? I, I would say. Yeah. Um, Tony and Richie go outside to talk. He Tony says... Um, Back to Davy. I'm going to let you sleep one day. Then you're going to get the F up and you're going to get me my $45,000. I like that he said he's going to let him sleep because everybody's up all night. Yeah, but then when he shows up in the sports store. Yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah. Tony Soprano saying, I'm going to go sleep for a day and then you'll deal with my wrath. Anyway, so Tony's sleeping. Meadow's singing in, her, in the background. Who's the boss there? Meadow. and uh, tony's banging on meadow's door and screaming about trying to sleep aunt barb called that was an interesting scene to me what uh uncle tom's father died yeah i don't know why i find this totally interesting to hear him getting so pissed off at meadow Mm -hmm. for not being concerned how this man died not caring when this is a, a man who murders people whose families would be concerned how they died. It doesn't matter. Tony murders people. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about Tony. Tony. Okay. So, you know, I found, you know, that he was so disgusted by her. um, Yeah. But everyone wants to feel, you know, you want to make sure your kids are kind and compassionate and actually care. Yeah. But with him and his kid, do you think he's teaching his kid compassion? I know. I think that's one of the main lessons for Tony Soprano. I think he's a hypocrite. He's definitely a hypocrite. Wait till university episode comes up. You'll see exactly who Meadow Soprano is. Look at your boobs right now. (gasps) (laughs) I 
it's what we're about? Kinda. So if anybody, Maybe everyone which, should by the way, watch the show and not listen. to YouTube. In fact, guys, Gangster can you goddess. not go to YouTube and just listen? No, go to Gangster My Goddess Podcast on was YouTube. Out. Subscribe now. Christ. Smash that subscribe button and look at Dre's boob. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, y'all want to see my almost 50 year old boob. Oh, please stop. They're hot. Old, old lady porn right here. Okay. Um. So. Hold wait, on. What did I just glasses do? back on. Oh, this next scene. Yes. With Melfi. This scene crushes me. By the way, she, well, when we're talking about great performances, she's great in this scene. Mm-hmm. And I, I just have to give props to, to Stevie Van Zandt in that card game scene because he was really great. And it's the first time you really see Silvio act. I said the same thing to And Dave. he did so good. And you really see a sense of humor. And he, he proved himself as an actor in that scene. That's all I'm going to say. Now we're up to Melfi here in this scene. And I was obsessed with her performance here. And I questioned it as well, because um, I think she's pissed off. I think she's pissed off Mm -hmm. about the way he treated her in the last scene. Yes. And because he scared her again, even though she didn't show being scared. Well, they have such a relationship. It's just like, you know, people carry stuff. When you get into arguments with somebody or someone pushes you, the next time you talk to them, you you might push back. She's pushing back. Well, she's pushing forward. I mean, I'm always going to fix your mind. Like speaking that. of pushing forward, I yeah. mean, she, um, well, the very first thing she says is she, um, she mentions Carlos Castaneda. Mm-hmm. Um, Robbie, you know who that is. Yaki, um, way of knowledge. And I think he thinks that he's talk that she's talking about a wrestler or something. I don't know what he says, but he says something that's like, he obviously doesn't know who Castaneda is. And she says, um, live every, live every moment. Like it's your last dance on earth. Um, referring to Tony's story about his uncle. Mm-hmm. I mean, about his, uh, not his uncle, his, was it? Uh, Bar- it's Barb's, Barb's husband's father, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, but how he was with the satellite dish, the, the oh, a gust of wind came, freak accident. Oh, always the wind. Guy. Always the wind? Always the wind. There's always wind. On the show? Yeah, there's like, you know, there's oh, like, there's it's a lot emotional. Of- that's well, how, very, I feel like the that's season how Chase, finale. Well, I feel like that's how Chase like really gets it going. He's, the winds wind. of change. There's winds in there. There's wind. There's wind outside. What was that one scene with um with uh, Dominic and Livia? Dominic Junior and Livia. Oh, that was bizarre. The winds there too. I, I still have to talk to somebody about that scene. Okay, that I, was I, I do, derailed us, but let's go back because we're. But yeah, this this scene, <clears throat> the way she treats him. Um, where she go, when when she realizes that he's going to continue using the word retarded mm-hmm. and that she's not going to use, she says, developmentally disabled. And she says to him, so you've uh, joined. So he's joined the ranks. He was unluck- unlucky about the cousin, about I the know. about the father. <clears throat> and um, now that you found out. That you have a retarded fish. And then she reverts to using the word retarded, which she would never, ever use. No. Now that you found out that you have a retarded family member, do you feel better about coming here? Um, Is it permissible now? Is it enough of a sad tragedy that you can that you can join the rest of the douchebags? 
That's what she says to him. She says douchebags? Yes, because he says the jerk-offs and douchebags that are waiting outside your oh, office in the God. last scene. And she's smirking the whole time. Well, this is I feel like this just shows because of... Um, but it's, she's, just, it's a strange choice she's, No, she's her. angry. She just got raped. She's angry. She's pissed at him. She's pissed at everything. She's pissed at I him because she couldn't scene. even tell him to come to her rescue to kill the rape, the guy who raped her. She there's so much anger. Code. Yeah, she's mad at her moral code. She's mad. There's so much behind. But she's so sickened pushing. by his moral code. And yeah. I guess that's what this whole scene is yeah, about. Yeah, but it's like a push and pull. Like she wanted to, and she's like, oh, you know, it's frustrating. But for it's her. still out of place for her. Yeah. Because she should be objective and she's not, and she's taking things personally. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. And now we're at the funeral. Oh, Livia's crying crocodile tears. Uncle Tom's funeral. Um, you know, I didn't know you give money at a funeral, like a boost. They I didn't said, either. I that saw was that. weird to me. I've I mean, seen that before on the show, but yeah, I don't, I've never really no, experienced that's that. That's like a wedding thing. I never I keep drinking. Keep here. drinking. Speaking drink. of funerals. Um, Richie apologizes for rolling up on Tony's game. Tony says, back off and respect the title. You effing jerk off. You like me effing? Major appearances here between Livia and Tony. Mm -hmm. You know, the two of them are putting on major appearances here. Absolutely. Yeah. Livia with the, the fake drama, like she really gives a crap about that guy. Mm. And then Tony Soprano, Richie's doing the right thing. Um, and he says, I don't do something. How's it going to look? It's like they're like little kids and having to flex and their power. Like literally Posturing. Tony is acting like a little kid. Yep. You know, with lighting up the the cigar and the funeral parlor, where she's telling him it's not the right thing. Macho. I That's mean, another macho move. Like I'm just going to do whatever I can do. Yeah. Like, I'm going to smoke a cigar in here. That struck me. I was like, he's going to smoke a cigar at the funeral home. It, even the well, he probably owns the freaking funeral home. But, but but by the way, that really made me stand back. But back in that day, twenty years ago, maybe you could smoke inside. We're so not used a cigar to, though. Maybe maybe, maybe. that's twenty like, years ago. Yeah, that's twenty years ago. You mm. might have been able to smoke inside. Now we're like, what is he doing? He's flexing. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't flexing. Maybe that was Well was he little... said to him you're not supposed to smoke in here. Oh he did. Okay. Um but even the next scene with so Janice retract. and Richie, it's um it's the same it's a continuation of the same thing. And you do see Richie trying She eggs a mom to trying to be more understanding about the situation, mm -hmm. trying to make some sort of peace. I know I like Tony Richie. Soprano, but it, I found the scene also really interesting because all right, again, who's the boss in both scenes? It's, Janice. You know, but even Richie to a degree felt like the boss to me in that last scene because Tony was wrong. The posturing is, is, is all BS, um, but he is the boss. And then Janice is the boss in this other scene. But the real boss in the back seat, Livia, and this whole scene is a mirror. You see Livia in the back seat, oh. and you see Richie and Janice Mirror. are nothing. They're they're exactly the same as Junior and Livia. I'm just gonna stop talking yeah. now and go for a nap because hundred percent. I didn't even. So she's pulling those strings. And, and manipulating him and pushing all of those masculine buttons. I like buttons. to see how your brain works right? in this stuff. That's really, that's really great. Well, I don't know if that was a really great observation. No, it's, it was it an amazing have, observation. Might have been obvious. Because I was studying but, this and I didn't even put that together, but that's obvious. That, I mean, that's obvious. It's a, it's a great, it's a great She's pulling assumption. all of those strings. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's all her own weaknesses. It's and it all, is, it's her because she's like... 
she wants to be in charge. So she can't be in charge as a woman in the family. So she's going to try to be in charge through through Richie Aprile. But Richie was just like Junior and his response to her. You're so right. Yes. Like he was kind just was like that. That's brilliant. Trying no to wonder defend. why people love our podcast. Because we're pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean. Deep dive. Deep dive. Deep dive with the scorpions Wait, in the deep pool. Deep dive with the Meow. Meow. <laughs> deep dive. Meow. Um, okay. So we're at Sporting Goods Store. Davy's store back in his office. Tequila Sunrise is playing by the Eagles. Yeah, Tequila Sunrise. I was like, Speaking why are they playing that song? <gasps> Speaking Let's of tequila, have a little Tequila cheers. Sunrise. By the way, guys, Salute. this drink is coming soon, possibly in March. Mm-hmm. This is going to be our brand. Yep. We're not going to we're not going to say anything more because people are thinking it's out already. And I've ha- I'm having to answer a lot of emails. Saying oh, it's so it? good. It's in March. March. You'll hear all about it. Yeah. Um, OK, so, so Tony. Tequila Sunrise, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think that the reason why that song was playing, well, when I first heard mm-hmm. that song, I thought to myself, wow, we have deep pockets now. The Sopranos has deep, deep pockets. Oh, yeah. The Eagles? <laughs> that song probably costs more than my weekly paycheck. No, I'm sure. The <laughs> Eagles are not cheap. They um, were on the same label. Yes. Actually, you know the whole story with the Eagles. With uh, They didn't have a publishing deal or something. Something there's, crazy. There's a crazy story mm-hmm. there. You guys can all look it up and you guys can tell us what it is because I kind of have forgotten it. But they did not get royalties on the Hotel California album uh-huh. for years until they could get the rights back to that album. Oh, I wish my husband was in the room. He it's knows a, that yeah, story. Yeah, there's a story behind that. I don't want to um, mess it up. But Tequila Sunrise, they're up all night playing cards. And I think that that song is uh, kind of appropriate. That yeah. the sun is coming up mm-hmm. and they're, you know, and this this guy has made a made a mess out of his relationship to Tony Soprano. I think the first line is even about being something, something with a friend mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. I don't have it written down. But Tony says, um, you think I'm still that kid on the back of the bus? I think you said that already. Yeah. Flexing. And then Tony makes him stand what is it? stand up and punches him in the face and chokes him. Yeah. He, he goes. He, he's angry. He turns his face into hamburger. Yeah. Like I mean, Melfi. He, um, so then we, Davey goes to, this was a great scene. Everyone on the show was, it's like, it, the acting is ridiculous. You love Johnny V. I love Johnny John V. John Ventimiglia, he's great. He was great in this scene. Yeah. He has a lot of hands. His new, but a lot of hand this is it. It's for here. me, it's the nuances. It's yeah. all those little things that I'm noticing now. Watching it as it, you know, from this perspective, it's so good. Yeah. He was great. So he tells Artie. I think Chris is finding a new appreciation for I the really show. I really am. She got sucked into the Soprano rewatch I, thing. I said to Dave, I'm like, listen, I got like sucked into this whole You're gonna be a super podcast fan. thing. Honestly. And I said, but not I, by me, by the way. It was a company that sucked us yeah, both in. I got sucked in. We both got sucked in. I know I got sucked we in first. We were supposed to be doing alcohol only. I sucked her in after I got sucked in. I'm like, do you well, I think we could do it, whatever. But then it was like a in the beginning to be all honest and transparent because that's what we are. It was a job. And I said to Dave today, my husband, I'm like, I'm really enjoying watching these episodes and doing this now. I'm like, I really, they're finally, deep, I'm like, I'm like really like getting into oh, I love all it. of it. Honestly, like I literally, I'm, I'm only supposed to watch You're gonna one be a episode. super fan now. I kind of already am. I'm, I'm watching one episode and then I'm not supposed to watch the one after and I just can't stop it and I keep on watching. Yeah. I keep on watching and I'm like, this it's is so good. Great. Like it's just now I understand. I get it. With all these super fans, I get it. I get you. 
I understand it. And Artie and these actors, amazing. Yeah. Um, so these two guys are both emasculated from their wives. It's Alan Alda and Phil Donahue yeah. at uh, Vesuvio's. Yeah. And he says he's got to put a new roof on the restaurant. <laughs> his, his wife's he he's knows, like, yeah, I don't think so. Is he? He's like, wait, Tony? You were Tony? <laughs> he freaks. Yeah. So good. That'll probably play itself out later. I don't really remember. And then we're back at Davy. Oh, this scene made me feel so bad for his son at Davy's house when he's like, I told you not to go off-roading. What a jerk. What a posturing scumbag. The fact that he had to make it like it was no his accountability. Rule. No accountability. It was his rules. You broke my rule. I'm going to be the boss he's of desperate. you. This is desperation. This is like a drug addict. Who's the boss? This is like drug addict. Who's the boss and here? And who's the boss? You know what? The kid's the boss because the kid's going to know the truth one day. Yeah, the kid's going to hate him for the rest yeah. of his life for this one move. Yeah, it's a bad move. It's a bad move. His but uh, a lot of things were sold in my world, in my family's um, world that we just found out about. What do you mean? Remember that um, story that we just found out? What? I'm not allowed to mention it on here. But Why? Maybe we'll mention it in a separate episode. No, when my parents had to sell all my grandmother's jewelry. To pay off a certain mob boss that had close relations to us that we'd had no idea about. Anyway, is that moving the story on. you Oh, I think I understand what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, so when a lot of things get sold, but at least they had consent to sell all this jewelry. There was no consent here. He took a car from his kid and sold it. And I'll never understand this move. Which one? Which one? Um... Well, I probably will understand it, but it's still new to me because the shows are always new to me, no matter where, when or how we do them. Um, why he would take that car and give it to Meadow immediately, knowing that, A, he's making his child a witness now to his crimes. Gambling. Yeah. It's no, no, no. Not a witness to the crimes of Davy Scatino, but that the, her father is a Shylock. Yeah. So she's now a witness and a participant in his, look, my diamond, my, my engagement ring you, fell off a truck. I, and it's been. Well, it was your grandmother's, right? It was my, well, I have all their engagement rings and they were all stolen and they were all used as our, you know, rings yeah. for <laughs> whatever. Pass them down. So yes, I understand. But giving the car to your daughter, who is your duet partner right now who you're close with and the kid obviously the son is not going to know what's going on to a degree until meadow picks him up in the car why would tony soprano do something so because tumultuous and damaging him, it puts him back on that level like he's just it's out of control it's out of from control. jersey that not like he's just that guy. He's, he's too he's smart mafia. for that move. Is he? That's not a calculated move. That's a that's a big f you. Can move. you not put that up? The finger again. That's a big. I couldn't say it. I know. So You're I did so, it. Um, you can't hold. He it. goes. You don't want it. Fine. Don't take it. But I'll eat it before I give it back. What am I a sucker? The guy owed me money. He did the right thing and offered the car as a partial payment. You want to act holier than thou? You, you, you right ahead. Uh, wait a minute. But you're not going to, I'm messing up these lines. Doesn't matter. I'm going to take it and sell it to pussy and use the money to buy clothes and food and shoes and CD players and all the rest of the shit I've been buying for you since the day you were born. Everything this family comes from, comes from the work I do. 
A grown man made a wager. He lost. He made another. He lost again. End of story. So take that high moral ground and sleep in the fucking bus station if you want. Uh, Once again, holier than thou throughout this episode constantly. But he just made her an not an accessory but made her a witness to his world. Well, I think it's showing you that there's... She can be questioned by the FBI now. But everybody is stuck between... Adriana never knew anything. Everybody is stuck between two worlds. Carmella. I was going to say Carm. I can say Carm. And now Meadow. Yes, you can say Carm. I was going to say Carmel. I'm hammered right okay, now. I'm just kidding. So, um, but she's like the, the, like I said earlier, Meadow is is half mafia princess, half teenager, and it's showing you like not only is Tony stuck between these two worlds with the ducks and the yeah. family and his mafia, and now he's exposing Carmela and Meadow to the same thing. They're stuck. I mean, you're it's all it's all yeah. they're all stuck. They're all trying to be normal. Trying to be this, you know, Caldwell house in Jersey that like, the kids does the don't right thing. have a choice. That's no. the thing. Carmela had a choice. She made it. Mm-hmm. She's gonna have to make her bed. Um, and then it's a school performance I where hate the kid. How this ends. I, hate. I know he says "fuck you" and your gangster father, and he walks out on her. Well, I just hate that she wanted the solo so bad for college, like brat, and then she got it. And it's but just, she got it through. Yeah. Instead of Tony Soprano strong arming the teacher, which would have happened in maybe a different scenario or a differently written script. Mm-hmm. She still got it through the his spoils. Yeah. yeah. Because she's it's still, criminal life. But I'm just, I just don't like that. The only person that knew why she really got the solo was Eric, the boyfriend. Well, here's the thing. The fact that Carmela says, oh. Must have been a thing of luck. luck. What does she say? Yes. She says that some, she doesn't, that the two of them don't you. know why. No. Carm, He's Carm not performing. Says, that's a lucky break. And yeah, that's a lucky break. That they don't know why he's performing. Come on. Come on. No, I don't think Carmela knows. No, she must know. She knows they got the car. You're right. You're actually right. I yeah, take that back. These are, be- these are a couple of beats from me that I had a, a moment. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I'm never going to put the show down. But those were just little moments that I said to myself, hmm. 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 Dre, for, did you say food for did thought? You, did you say, hmm. Dre, and you know what I think? Did you talk to yourself? I said, hmm. Close it out, kid. Uh, uh, oh, I love how big these are. I, I even need my glasses. Know. That's it for season two, episode six. Tune in next week for episode seven, D-Girl, D-Girl. where AJ begins to question if God is dead, Christopher rubs elbows with a few Hollywood types and gets notes on his script. Um, John Favreau, we spent a lot of time together in that episode. Uh-huh. My friend Todd Kessler wrote it. Uh-huh. Todd Kessler would go on to... Um, you got to tell this, no, save this for the next episode. Go to your iTunes and check out Mickey and Sylvia's Love is Strange. Mm. That was the song playing at Vesuvio. It's one of my favorites. It's fantastic. But don't forget, while you're at iTunes, listen to All Them Them Witches. Witches. Do you like? I love talking at the same time as you. Check out my Instagram and find out more about our music video coming soon. Actually, it'll be out before this episode. So you might want to go check it out after. Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye. See you next Tuesday. That's filthy, Chris.
Gangster Goddess Broadcast is a UV Ways and Monkey Mind Music Group production. Executive produced by Dre and Chris and theme song by UV Ways. <laughs> <laughs>